this morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Oh, that was good. Very good. Very good. Awesome. A couple of quick announcements. Everybody got a bulletin this morning? Yeah? Don't get quiet on me now. All right. Uh, yeah, just real quick, uh, we won't have Revelations class today after service with Brother White. We'll probably hit two in a row the following week, uh, praise God. And I want to uh, say thanks to everybody that came out and helped yesterday with our food giveaway. Um, we had 18 people from our church yeah, uh, uh, come out and help. And uh, we only had 17 families that actually we gave food away to. But uh, the 18, you know, I think it ended up being like 36 and so that's good because I need people to come out and sign up so we have more food that we can give out and stuff. And then uh, last week I, I was out backpacking. I didn't get a chance to thank everybody, but I guess we filled up the van and took a couple of cars to go out and do the homeless outreach. So uh, that was really awesome. Thank you guys for getting involved with that. And uh, uh, Say it again. You can't, can't hear me? Oh, okay. Awesome. There we go. Uh, and then real quick, a plug for next door. Uh, Matt is uh, we're needing some help in our iKids. And so if you plugged into the church and you've never served before and you're thinking about stepping out and seeing how it, how it works, uh, we could definitely use some kids or some help with our iKids program next door. Uh, Matt's got a good setup where, you know, it's already got a program that you can teach and videos and all that. So try it. If God's tugging on your heart, if it don't work, we'll plug you somewhere else. But at least you're stepping out and you're trying, praise God. And then I want to give a shout out to everybody that got baptized last week. That was awesome. I think we baptized 17 people. And so I want to encourage you to get into the Wednesday night new believers class. Because just to baptize you guys and then turn you loose, we're not going to do our job. You know, we don't want you just to just be a target for the enemy. We want you to be able to stand on your two feet when you go outside these doors, when the enemy comes against you, that you know how to stand and you know how to fight the enemy, praise God. So get in that new believers class, praise the Lord, all right? So happy Father's Day to all the fathers this morning. Uh, one kid said that uh, Father's Day is just like Mother's Day. You just don't spend as much on the gift, <laughs> which is true. I, I knew one, uh, one person that got their dad like duct tape or electrical tape. And I was like, you cheap sucker, man. I was like, but if you got your dad duct tape or electrical tape today, praise God. You know, it's like, that's awesome. Praise the Lord. Uh, one quote said that parents spend the first part of their life urging their kids to, to talk and walk. And then they sp- uh, spend the next part of their child's life trying to get them to be quiet and sit down. Praise the Lord. So. That's kind of funny. I have a list here of the uh, top ten words that fathers use on their kids. And so, uh, and you probably use some of these yourself, too. So, uh, words that dad have said to their kids, number ten, is just wait till you have kids of your own. Have you heard that one before? It says, number nine, it says, if you don't quit that, I'm going to call your mother. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and then uh, number eight, why? Because I said so. I've used that one quite a few times myself. And then number seven, it says, be quiet. Can't you see I'm trying to think? And then uh, number six, it says, get down before you kill, you kill yourself. And then it says, on second thought, go ahead. That's probably a bad parent right there. I don't know about that one. It's like, uh, number five says, if you break your leg, don't come running to me. I've definitely used that one before. Praise the Lord. Uh, and then number four, it says, when I was your age, I walked to school five miles in the snow, uphill both ways. Have you guys heard that one? <laughs> That's a good one right there. And then number three, how should I know? Ask your mother. Praise the Lord. And then uh, number two, I think we've all had this one, it says, bring back all the change, praise the Lord. All the change. <laughs> I think I've used that one. And number one, it says, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. Like, <laughs> I never could understand that one growing up. It was like, I'm the one getting the brunt end of all this. How's that going to help me out? I don't think I really understood that until I had my puppy dogs. <laughs> praise the Lord. Because my son Brian was a pretty co- uh, good kid growing up. 
But uh, my puppy dogs, my uh, wife would whip them, and I'd feel bad. They'd come running to me and give me that puppy dog look, and I'd be like, oh, you know, I'd feel all bad because uh, they didn't want to whip my puppy dogs, praise the Lord. Anyway, let's pray this morning, praise God. Father, I just come before you, Lord, and I ask for your Holy Spirit to have his way, Father, here in the church today, Father. That, Father, you would speak a word to each and every one, to every man that's here, Father, every father that's here. Lord, your God, that you're calling us up higher, Father, Lord, that, Father, we'd carry, Father, Lord, the cross, Father, people see a difference in our lives, that we'd be men, Father, Lord, your God, in our homes, in our houses, Father, Lord, in the city, Lord, in our communities, in our churches, Father. I just ask for your touch. I bind every hindering spirit, Lord, and I just ask the Holy Spirit to have his way in this house today, and we give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. amen, amen, I got some dry mouth this morning. So my thoughts this morning is being a man of God. Being a man of God. And see, every Christian man desires, guys, to be, be a man of God, desires to be a, a person that someone can look up to, uh, that someone can aspire to be, uh, to be a difference maker, to be used of God, to uh, you know, make a difference, a lasting difference in someone's life, maybe in the community, in their church, in their family, praise the Lord. But see, um, being a man of God, it just doesn't happen by accident, There's some choices you have to make. There's some things you have to do. See, there's got to be something on the inside of your life that drives you. See, Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he, he, he led them out. He led them through uh, the Red Sea or the Dead Sea there. And uh, he led them over to uh, Mount Sinai where they got the Ten Commandments from God. Then he led them on the side of the Jordan River. And on the other side was the Promised Land. You know, that they've been promised like some 400 years while they were in, in captivity and, and prison and stuff. And here in uh, Numbers 13, before God would allow uh, um, the children to go over into the promised land, he wanted them to go spy it out. So he has them get 12 spies, one from each tribe, and he sends them into the land to spy it out. So for 40 days, they go over and they spy out the land. And then 10 of them come back. I mean, they all come back, but 10 of them came back with a negative report. Uh, uh, they said there's giants in the land and we can't take it all except for two and that was uh, Joshua and Caleb they were different they were like if God's with us we can take the land we can take the land see now the question facing you this morning is what kind of man are you going to be are you only be a man that can trust in what you can see and what you can provide from from yourself are you going to be a man of God that that trusts in God no matter what what the situation or the circumstances is it's around your life what kind of man are you going to be So see, there's some qualities of a man of God. And so number one, a man of God has a different spirit. See, it says right here in Numbers 14, 24, it says Caleb was different because he had a different spirit in him. See, the other spies besides Caleb and Joshua, they were complainers, guys. They were doubters. After all the miracles that God did to bring them out of Egypt, you know, the part of the Red Sea was the the cloud by day and that fire by night, they still doubted that God could give them the promised land. See, they were fearful of the opposition and all the things that was going on, and they were complaining. They They were just doubting and complaining. And see, Philippians here 2 and 14 says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may be blameless and pure. See, God doesn't want you serving him grumbling and complaining. He wants you to be blameless and pure, guys. See, have you ever noticed when you get around people that start uh, complaining and all of a sudden they become negative? You know, everything, you know, that church service was too long. You can have a great church service and they'll start picking it apart. They get negative. You know, they, you know the songs were too long. He didn't preach good enough. They'll make a, a mountain um, out of an anthill. 
praise God. And these would be the same ones, people that claim to uh, follow God, but you'll never see them step out and trust God in faith because every word out of their mouth is always doubt. It's never faith. You know, they'll just start complaining, being negative. And then you notice that there's some people, no matter how bad things are going, you know, they could have lost their job. They could have um, gotten bad news from the doctor. They could be going through struggles in their families, but you'll still see them in church. You'll still see them worshiping God. You'll still see them praising God. You'll still see them being faithful, guys. You'll still see them being positive and trusting in the Lord. What's the difference? See, it's what's on the inside that makes the difference. See, in my house, I have some flashlights. And some of, them, some of them don't work. They don't put off no light. And I have some other ones that will light up the room. What's the difference? See, some of them have dead, dad, dead batteries. And the other ones have charged, fully charged batteries. See, it's what's on the inside, guys, that makes a difference. And so you have to stop having dead religion. And you have to let the Holy Spirit start charging and energizing your life. So you can let the Holy Spirit, you can be that light and shine out into a dark world, guys. you got to let the Holy Spirit begin to rise in your life, praise the Lord. It's like taking two balloons you can take one and fill it with water, and it will be weighted down. It won't be able to rise and lift up. And you can take another one and put helium in it, and it will begin to rise up and even pull against a string because the difference is it's what's on the inside. And it's the same thing with you and me. What's on the inside? You have the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life, changing your life, conforming into your life, causing you to want to soar in Jesus' name. Amen. So you got to have that power of the Spirit in your life. Or are you going to be one of those persons that's, that's weighted down by the, uh, the weights and the, and the things of this world and the, neg- the negativity of your own thinking, see? Let the Holy Spirit rise in your life and begin to make you into that man of God. Let the Spirit rise in you that you're gonna, you can say, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I can take that promised land in Jesus' name. I can slay those giants in Jesus' name. See, the thing that makes a difference between a man that's reaching towards heaven... And the one that's content in living in this world is the spirit that's in him. So what spirit is in you this morning? Do you have the spirit of the world or do you have the spirit of God in your life? See, it makes a difference. See, uh, to be a man of God, guys, you got to have his spirit in your life. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you got to be born again. You have to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. And then Apostle Paul tells us to be filled with the spirit. Be filled with the spirit. See, as long as you try to continue on in your own and do things on your own, guys, without Christ, without the power of the Holy Spirit, guys, you'll never beat the giants of addiction in your life, guys. You'll never be the man that God's called you to be. You'll never accomplish all that God has for you to be. You'll never take the land, the promised land that God has for you because you can't do it in your own. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to give you victory and to live in victory in Jesus' name. See, the Holy Spirit's the godly man's power source. We have to have power through the Holy Spirit. I, it takes the power of the Holy Spirit in my life for me to live in victory, praise the Lord. Yes, Are you filled with the Spirit this morning? See, a man of God has a different spirit than the, than the people of the world. We have a different spirit. The Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 2 and 12, it says, What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. See, we have a different spirit from the world. There's some people that come into church and they claim to have the spirit of Christ. They claim to, to be saved. But see, I can go to a ball game. I can go to the A's game. I can go to a Giants game and say I'm a member of the team. But unless they open up the stadium and invite me in and give me a uniform, I'm just a fan. And see, there's a lot of people that come to church and they, they raise their hands and they clap. But they never ask Jesus Christ to come into their heart. Guys, they, they, they speak the words, but they don't say it. They give lip service, but not heart service. But God is wanting some men that will say, Jesus, come into my life. Change me. Transform me. Conform me into your image. Not, not to have lip service, but to have a heart service. Praise God. 
heart service. See, Romans 8 and 14 says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the sons of God. See, qualities of a man of God, guys. Number two, a man of God follows the Lord wholeheartedly. Numbers 14 and 24 says that Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly. The King James Version says fully. He fully, wholeheartedly followed the Lord. And you must be willing to follow the God, uh, God with your whole heart, guys. See, Caleb wasn't fake. He just didn't follow God when, when things were going good or when he was in church or when he was uh, around other believers. No, he completely, wholeheartedly followed God, no matter the, the situation, no matter the circumstances, no matter what people thought about him. And God is looking for some men that will follow him wholeheartedly and not care what people think or what people are saying, praise the Lord, that are in love with him. See, men who, don't, uh, who, who know right from wrong, praise the Lord. Men that's willing to set the example in front of their friends and family and not care what people think and follow Christ. Men who will give God their whole heart fully, guys, before they give it to another. See, I've seen too many uh, people, too many men come into the church and God be doing a work in their life, really start doing something really good in their life, and all of a sudden they get their, God, they get their eyes on a fleshly relationship with another lady, and all of a sudden they fall out of church. They fall out of church. I've seen too many people fall out of church and celebrate recovery because they got their, guy, they got their eyes on a, a fleshly relationship and they gave their heart to another before they fully gave it to God. Yeah. And just a side note here, guys. If you're going to get in a relationship with somebody, make sure they love God more than they love you. Make sure they love God more than they love you. See, because if they, if they love God more than you, then they won't be tempting you to stay home from church. They won't be tempting you to have sex out of marriage because they love God more than you and they'll want to be pleasing to God and do what's right in his sight. Praise the Lord. See, it's hard enough serving God when you have both, when you have two people that's sold out, much less to be in a relationship where, where there's only one person sold out. It's a rough road, guys. It's a rough road. And see, when you're willing to sin and, uh, and, uh, and be in a relationship that's going to pull you away from God and pull you out of the church, then you haven't sold your, you haven't given your whole heart to God fully yet. So you've got to give your whole heart to God. See, no fleshly relationship, guys, will ever feel, fulfill the need for Christ in your life. You've got to have a heart for God. And see, when you surrender and you give your heart completely to God, then things have changed in your life. But until you can surrender and give your whole heart fully and completely to God, you're going to keep going around that mountain of crazy relationships in your life. Because see, you've got to give your whole heart to God. You've got to come and place it in his hands and say, Lord, I'm giving you my whole heart. That way when people from the side come up and want you to miss church or, or start doing things you shouldn't be doing or start messing around and sinning, you'll be all, no, because I've given my heart to Jesus Christ. He's your first love. See, the Bible says here in Matthew 6, 33, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. See, God already knows what you have need of. So what you need to do, guys, you need to seek him first with your whole heart. See, Caleb was willing to do whatever it took. Whatever God called him to do, he was willing to do it. When, he, when they uh, were spying out the land, when they were coming back, if they needed to carry fruit, if they needed to carry grapes, whatever they were doing, whatever the task was, guys, he didn't feel like he was above manual labor. And see, sometimes Christians uh, think they're too important to do some lowly job in the church. And if you think you're too good to serve in position, guys, then God doesn't have your whole heart. He doesn't have your whole heart. 
See, I've met a lot of Christians, they thought they were above doing things in the church, you know, serving in the nursery, helping out with kids, uh, cleaning toilets or whatever. But let me remind you guys, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. And it wasn't a uh, prestigious job, but he did it as an example for you and me. That if, if, hey, I can go and humble myself and wash my disciples' feet, how much more should me and you be willing to serve one another? See, because Jesus didn't come to, to be served. He said, I've come to serve. So you have to be willing to serve, guys. Be willing to serve. See, a man of God also follows the Lord willingly. Willingly. It amazes me the number of people that come to church and like, it, like it's a, you know, they're doing God a favor. They come in and they sit down with their hands folded like, bless me if you can. You know, during worship time, you know, bless me if you can. They got that, that spirit about them. You know, and it breaks my heart to see people come to church or be serving in the church like they're doing it out of obligation, like it's a chore. You know, instead of doing it willingly. And see, instead of for what God's done for them. See, obligation is not the type of service that God wants from his children. He wants us to serve him with a willing heart. See, my dad used to say, I don't have to preach, I get to preach. I don't have to serve, I get to serve. That's right. And see, if you're, if you're doing something in the church or you're serving God out of obligation, guys, you might as well quit because you're not going to get no blessing out of it. There's a blessing that comes from serving the Lord, praise God. God doesn't need slaves to serve him, but he wants people that will serve him out of a willing and pure heart. Men and women that will serve him because of what God's done for him, or done for them, praise the Lord. See, I owe Jesus for what he's done in my life. He forgave me. He cleansed me. He forgave me of my sins. He washed me clean. He's blessed me with a home, a wife, a family, praise God. Everything that I have, it's not because of my own making, my own doing. It's because of God's grace and favor and blessings upon my life. And so then I owe him, I had to be willing to serve him, guys, for what he's done to me, or for me, praise the Lord. Psalms 102 says, serve the Lord with gladness. It says, come before his presence with singing. We're to serve the Lord with gladness, not, not out of obligation, praise God. See, me and a man of God means you're going to follow God wholeheartedly, and you're going to follow the Lord willingly, guys. Qualities of a man of God, number three. It says, a man of God continually follows the Lord. Continually. See, a man of God won't be up one week and down the next. He won't be uh, serving the Lord one week and quit the next. Uh, he won't be in and out of the church. He won't have one foot in the church and one foot in the world, guys. This is an all-in thing. You've got to go all in with Christ and continually serve him and be willing to follow him. See, a man of God is constant in his walk with God. He's not led away by the, the, the distractions of the world, praise the Lord. Serving Christ... Serving the Lord, serving Christ, it's not, like, it's not like serving in the National Guard where it's one week in a month, two weeks a year. This is a daily, continual process walk in the Lord where you're continually following the Lord each and every day. And if you fall up, you get back up. If, or if you fall down, you get back up and you continue walking and following the Lord. If you fall down, you get back up. If you fall down, you get back up. Eventually, you'll start seeing the traps and the snares of the enemy and you can hop out of the way, move them because you'll be walking continually with the Lord, guys. It's a continual process in the life of the believer. You continually walk. And all those that got baptized last week, some of you may slip. Some of you may fall. But don't stay there and wallow in it. Get up. Don't run from God, but run to God, praise the Lord. Run to God. It's a continual walk in the life of the believer. See, being a man or woman of God is a lifelong commitment. It's a lifelong commitment. The Christian walks continually every day. 
James 1 and 25 says, but he who looks in the perfect law of liberty continues in it. He's not a forgetful hearer of the word, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. He, he continues in it. It's daily. It's a continual process. Joshua 14 says that Caleb followed the Lord constantly for 45 years after he went in and spied out the land. For 45 years, he continually followed the Lord. He didn't, he didn't go join the naysayers or, or the complainers. He continued to follow the Lord and do whatever the Lord asked him to do. When he was 85 years old, he wasn't sitting out on his rocking chair thinking about the good old days. He was still serving the Lord and thinking about what's the next process in his life. What's going to be next for him? And later on, if you'll read that, he was going, getting ready to go take out three giants that was on his property. Praise the Lord. See, men of God, they follow the Lord continually, continually. Qualities of a man of God, number four. A man of God has faith. See, you have to follow the Lord in faith. And see, Caleb and the other spies, when they returned from the promised land, the other spies, they, had, they, had a, they were talking about the walled cities. They were talking about the, the, the giants that were there. And, and then they stirred up the people against Moses. And they were wanting to, uh, they were telling Moses, why did you bring us out here to die? We might as well go back into to, to Egypt. They wanted to go back into bondage, praise the Lord. But not Caleb, because Caleb had faith. He was all, if God could deliver us back then to that situation, he can deliver us today. And see, he was like, come on, guys, we can take the promised land. See, he was a man of faith. And see, a man of God doesn't uh, falter, guys, in uh, difficulties, but he rises to meet the challenge, praise the Lord, because he puts his faith in God. He has faith in God. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says we, we walk by faith and not by sight, praise the Lord. And see, if you want to be a man of God, you want to be used by, guys, uh, by God. Then, then when difficulties come, guys, when sickness uh, strikes you or you're going through difficulties in your family, you've got to trust and you've got to hold on to God and know that God's going to deliver you and set you free. You've got to trust in God, see? The enemy wants you to get your eyes off of God. He wants you to start looking around and looking at the difficulties, the, the giants that's in front of you. But sometimes you just got to close your eyes, guys, and, and take a step of faith. Take a step of faith and trust in the Lord. See, this is a, this is a faith program. It's not a sight program. See, sometimes you just have to shake yourself and remind yourself of who you serve. That we don't serve some little uh, weak, fake uh, statue with a fat belly out in the garden and in some backyard, but we serve the God Almighty. We serve the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last. We serve a deliverer, a bondage breaker. We serve God Almighty who will provide for you and me, praise the Lord. You have to shake yourself and remember who you serve. I serve a God that's able to meet all my needs, praise God, to set me free, praise the Lord. See, in difficulties, a man of God doesn't go by what he sees. He goes by his faith in the God that he serves, praise the Lord. Qualities of, of a man of God, number five, is that God looks out for you. God looks out for his own. Numbers 14 and 36 says that, So the men Moses had sent to explore the land who returned and made the whole community grumble against him by spreading a bad report about it. These men were responsible for spreading the bad report at the land. They were struck down and died by the plague in front of the Lord. Right then and there, they were struck down by the plague, except for uh, Joshua and Caleb. God spared them. God protected them, praise the Lord. And see, it says the whole assembly wanted to stone them. Uh, you know, wanted, it was talking about taking them out and stone them, but uh, God wouldn't allow it. He protected them, praise the Lord. See, God looks out for his own. He'll look out for you, praise the Lord. He'll provide for you. Psalms 37, 25, David said, when I was, was, uh, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread, praise God. And see, church, when you honor God and you do his work, he will look out for you. He'll do, he'll do your work. He'll take care of you. 
See, some years ago, uh, Queen Elizabeth asked a, a merchant to go to Holland and take care of some business for her. And so she called him in, and, and she began to explain what she wanted to get done and uh, how she wanted it done. And, and so he began to kind of complain and grumble. And he says, Your Majesty, if I go do this for you, if I go take care of your business, my business is going to fail. And she's all, if you go do my business, I'll take care of your business. And see, that's the way it is with me and you guys. If you will begin to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and begin to serve him and worship him, he will take care of you. He'll take care of your business. If you'll surrender your life and begin to serve Christ, he will take care and meet your needs, praise the Lord. He will meet your needs. See, Mark 10 and 29 says, Jesus replied to him. Jesus says this, matter of fact, he says, no one who has ever left home, brothers or sisters or mothers or father or children or fields for, for the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much as in this present age of homes and brothers and sisters and mothers and children, along with persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. See, God will take care of you. If you'll step out and serve God, he's going to take care of you guys. He's going to meet your needs, praise the Lord. The worship team wants to come on back. I'm not going to be very long today. Number six, the final one. A man of God leaves an inheritance for his children. Number 14. Our numbers 14, yeah, says, uh, but my servant, Caleb, uh, my servant Caleb has a different spirit, and he follows me wholeheartedly, and I will bring him into a land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. His descendants will inherit it. Every man of God should desire to leave a godly inheritance for his children. See, Caleb left his, uh, a blessing of the promised land for his kids. His kids were able to walk into the promise of the, uh, of the promised land because he was a man of God that, uh, that followed God, that trusted in God, praise the Lord. He left them a godly legacy. He left them a godly inheritance, praise the Lord. And see, my father was a godly man. He left me and my sisters a godly inheritance, praise the Lord, what it is to serve God, what it is to, to love God, what it is to be faithful and, and trust in the Lord, and, and what it is to have a godly father. And see, what are you going to leave your children today? What legacy are you going to leave them? Are you you going to leave them a worldly legacy or a godly legacy? Are you going to leave them a a godly inheritance or a worldly heritage? What are you going to leave your children, guys? Are you going to be a man of God today? See, the Lord is issuing a call for all men that that want to be a man of God to to come and and seek him. Uh, Men that will be willing to come to an altar that's not not ashamed to come down and get on their knees and raise their hands and cry. Cry out for their family. Cry out for their kids. Cry out for their, their wives, guys. He's wanting some men that that take the gospel outside these walls to a dying and hurting world and say, I know a deliverer that can set you free, that can break the bondages of addiction in your life, that can fix the marriage problems that you got in your life. I know a God that will deliver you and set you free. God is looking for some men that will stand up in this day and age and be accounted in the church house, in the workplace, out in the city and out in our communities. Will you be a man of God? Will you let God work in your life? You need to pray, Lord, make me a man of God. Make me a man of God. Lord, that has a different spirit than the world. That when I walk around people, they'll see your spirit in my life. Lord, help me to be like you, to be that man of God. A man that that walks in faith, that walks uh, by faith in you and not by what I see. Lord, that has a heart to serve you. Whatever you would ask me to do, I'd be willing to do it that's hungry, that's passionate, that will serve you with my whole heart. I'll fully give it to you, Lord. I'm going to have the prayer team come up this morning.
If that's you this morning, if you want to be a man of God, if you want God's blessing and, and, and hand upon your life, I want to pray for every man that's here and every father. If, if that's you guys and you want more of God, I'd love to pray with you this morning. And if you're here this morning and you need prayer in any other area, we want to pray with you this morning. But see, I want to see one day, like our food giveaway we had yesterday, I had 18 people, I only had four men. And I'm looking forward to the day that God's going to touch some men's heart, that there's going to be more men in the church than women, because men are going to get a burden for their families. They're going to get a burden to serve God. They're going to be hungry for God. They're going to be tired of putting the responsibility on the woman or the, the wife, and they're going, to, so they're going to step up to the plate and take some responsibility and rebuke the devil off their home, off their family, off their children. So if that's you today, guys, you want to be more, you want to be better, you want to be a better man of God, come up and let us pray with you this morning. And if there's any other needs this morning, we'd like to pray with you, praise the Lord. I'd like to pray with you this morning.